the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. How great is our God? You know, that's what life is about for the Christian. is growing in the understanding and in the knowledge of this this wonderful, magnificent God that we have. As we go through Ephesians, we begin to see how great our God is in the beginning by virtue of who He is and who He has made us to be. And then as we entered into the fifth chapter of Ephesians, we begin to understand how great God is through our role as a husband or through our role as a wife or through our role as a child. In each one of these roles, Paul is showing us how great our God is. So often this whole section of Ephesians is preached and taught to people as standards for people to achieve, as, as rules and regulations to live by, as ideals for the family or for individuals. But the reality of Ephesians should follow in the continuity of the book which starts with how great is our God which starts with how powerful and how wonderful and how sufficient and how He can be all of these things to you. And He shows us in the 4th and 5th chapter of Ephesians that we learn the truth of our God by walking in that greatness, by walking in the trueness of who He is as a father, by walking in who He is as a mother, by walking in who He is as a child. In each situation... These are not calls for us to perform, but calls for us to participate in the truth of who our God is. That changes the whole complexion. What Paul is trying to teach us through the book of Ephesians, what Paul is demonstrating, what the Holy Spirit is teaching us through the book of Ephesians, is that we, as the children of God, approach life from a whole new perspective. That all of life for us is spiritual. It's not physical. That we cannot survive by separating ourselves off and saying, this part of my life is spiritual and this part of my life is physical. That we can't live with duality, that the soul will not sustain it. Then it becomes a place of confusion, of doubt, of fear, of resentment, of bitterness, of anger. That we were made for one purpose. And He has brought us into that purpose through His Son. 
that we were made for Him, that our lives will express Him. We're only on this earth for the purpose of knowing Him. So why do we become fathers? Why do we become mothers? Why do we spend time as children? Why do we have jobs? Why do we go out in the world? Why do we go to school? Why do we live in the circumstances we live in? To know Him. It begins and ends there. Now as we head into the sixth chapter of Ephesians, we just finished talking about children and and now we're going to talk about a whole new area. And I like the fact that Paul included it because it's an area where duality exists. It used to be the province of duality for the man mainly, but now it has become for, for both genders. Where we are one thing at home and something else at work. Where we can recognize the sufficiency and the surpassing power of our God at home, but have difficulty seeing at work. Where Christ is life at church, or Christ is life maybe life at home, but Christ being life at, at work is completely dependent upon whether or not we have Christians around us. Whether or not we're allowed to read our Bible at lunchtime. Whether or not they're playing KSLR over the loudspeaker. The truth of the matter is Christ is life, period. And that is what He's called us to no matter where we're at. Next week, Christ will be life for me on vacation. You know what? That's a hard place. It really is. Because you think you can handle it. But you know what? I can't. (laughs) I can't handle vacation without Him. I can't handle laying in bed without Him. I was made for Him moment by moment. And He proves it to me on a regular basis. I prove it to myself. We were designed for Christ alone. And it's His life that allows us to embrace others freely without expectation because we know that our needs are met in Him. And the truth of Galatians 2.20 becomes a reality in our living because we live by faith. We live in absolute reliance and complete trust in the Son of God. And our reliance and our faith and our complete trust is not in others. You know, there's no room for comparison or resentment in his life. I read Galatians 2.20 to you quite often. I'm going to do it again today. Not because I want you to memorize it necessarily, but because I want that truth to be ingrained in your thinking, to be the principle, the standard by which you understand how we live life. I have been crucified with Christ. In Him I have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God. How are you defining the life that you live? Who loved me and gave himself up for me, that I might live out of that life. Paul has addressed husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children. And we've discovered as we've read through these these verses that the only way we fill those roles is through the Spirit of God. These are not physical roles. These are supernatural roles and they're spiritual roles. And the only way that we may fulfill each role is out of his life. And we are designed to do that. That his life in the role of whatever role you're playing can be a revelation of who he is to ourselves and to the people around us. 
You know, I was thinking as we were singing, the truth is that we're coming out of the church age. And church age is an age that while the revelation of Christ is strong, while the truth of all that He is is strong upon us as Christians in the church age, the reality is, is as we pass from the church age, we pass from the day of blatant revelation to the day of spiritual maturity where we walk with our eyes focused on Him and revelation now comes to every point of our being, not just contained in religious exercise or religious words. We're going to have to be able to see Jesus where others see only death or we won't be able to cope. We're going to need to be able to see Jesus where other people can only see the flesh and the failure of man. We're going to need to be able to be intimate with Jesus outside of the confines of, of religious institutions and religious understandings. We're going to need to know Him as life. We already need that, but the need is going to become more and more apparent. Oh, we're living in blessed times. Blessed times. Because we're called to a person and not a principle. We will only experience the truth and the purpose of each role we are to play in life to the degree we allow ourselves to see Christ in them. If all we see is each other, the failure of man, the insufficiency of our situation, then we have bound ourselves to living for others and out of others. We become enslaved to bitterness and comparison. Before Paul addressed these relationships, he discussed their source, which is Christ and our security in Him. In Ephesians 2.5, he says, Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ Himself, the same new life with which He quickened Him, for it is by grace, His favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. That is who we are. That is the source of our life. And here's what this life brings about in us. For we are God's own handiwork. Ephesians 2.10 We are His workmanship, recreated in Christ, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. You want to know what the good life is? You want to know what the good works are? The good works is you as father. The good works is you as child. The good works is you as mother. The good works is you as wife. The good works is where you are right now. You are called to where you are right now. The revelation of Christ is where you are right now. Are you seeing it? Are you hearing it? Are you bemoaning the fact that you can't because all you can see is the flesh of others or maybe your own? That's a big question. And it's certainly a very important question as we enter into the whole situation of the workplace. We come to Ephesians 6.5 where Paul addresses servants and slaves. And I don't want you to be distracted by those titles. In fact, all I want you to hear, what I want you to hear out of this is the truth behind it. The perspective, the heart of the Father. Don't be laying down principles for you to live by. Look at the person. 
As we read through these passages, I want you to exchange in your mind the title slaves or servants with the title fellow laborer or employee. And then for master, let's think boss or supervisor or leader. And I want you to understand that your title or your earthly position has absolutely no impact, no bearing whatsoever as to who you are in Christ. Okay? Paul is again addressing who we are and how that is revealed in where we are. Ephesians 6, five. Servants, slaves, be obedient to those who are your physical masters, having respect for them and eager concern to please them in singleness of motive with all your heart as a service to Christ himself. Now here's the thing that you will notice, that in each one of the roles that Paul addresses, the key to living this out are two words, subjection or submission and obedience. Why? Because they're the key to living out of the truth that Christ is your life. This is not about you becoming less than anybody else or making yourself less than anybody else. This is you, first and foremost, subjecting and submitting and living out obedience. Obedience is not what you do, it's how you live. So Paul's addressing that once again, only he's addressing it in this role. Before it was in the familial role, and then also when he addressed early on our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ephesians 5.21, he says, Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. How do we live this life? Out of Christ. And what is our position? It is a position of submission to His life within us, first and foremost. Then out of that position of submission. We stand in strength. We are affirmed in Him. And out of that affirmation and out of that strength, I can embrace you. I can submit to you. I can subject myself to you. Because you don't take anything from me. And my life's purpose is to reveal Christ. And He has brought you into my life so that I can know Him through our relationship. But in order to know Christ and wherever you are, you must first yield where you are. The same is true with your relationship with one another. Be subject to one another. Now that's an impossible task apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural work. Without the Spirit constantly renewing our mind, will, and emotion with the truth of His love and His acceptance of us, we'll be enslaved to a comparison, to envy, to jealousy, and resentment. And we know that we're walking after the flesh when we begin to justify these things or justify our disobedience. Now notice that Paul says this as a command. He says, be obedient. Now, that's very interesting. You can underline that. He's not saying become obedient. He's not saying do obedience. He's saying be obedience. It is who you are. The life of Christ is most significantly demonstrated through His obedience to the Father. When he says be obedient, he is saying yield your whole life and live out of that truth that you are the obedient.
obedience that I have called you to. That your life is obedience. As a child of God, you became a child of God through obedience, through recognizing who He is, through embracing Him, through accepting Him, and He became your life. And as that life is lived out through you, obedience occurs because obedience is not a doing, it's a living. He says, be obedient. Live out of obedience. He doesn't say if the command or request makes sense, do it. He doesn't say if you believe it's in your best interest to do it. All of those are qualifications based in the doing. What he says is be obedient. He says, be obedient to those of you who are your physical masters. And I love the fact that he makes that distinction. Because you are spiritual beings and you are to be exercising your spirituality in a physical world. Romans 8 9 says that you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. There's no middle ground. There's no room for duality. You are a spiritual being in identity. That is the truth of who you are. And so Paul says, obey your physical masters. It is a spiritual work for you to enter into obedience outside of the realm of spirituality in terms of your perception. You by faith understand that by submitting and yielding yourself to this person, you are going to enter into the revelation of Christ. Because that's the work that takes place wherever you are and whatever you do. That's the purpose of whatever you do, is to enter into the revelation of Christ. What Paul's saying is don't look, don't separate it out. Don't say to yourself, oh, just because that man's not a Christian, I'm not, you know, I don't have to pay attention to him. God allowed him to be in the position that he is for a purpose. What is that purpose? Why did God allow you to be where you're at? Well, what is the purpose of everything that we do and everywhere we go? The purpose is in the revelation of Christ. It is growing us in the truth, growing us in our relationship with Him. There is purpose. Now, the command to be obedient seems tough enough, but then He defines true obedience or the heart of the true obedience. He says, having respect for them and eager concern to please them. In singleness of motive and with all your heart. Man, that's supernatural, isn't it? Singleness of mind would tell you that what's happening here is there is a singular purpose in what you do. Everyone in here has a singular purpose and it is not about this world. The singular purpose, that the single-mindedness of you is that I will know Him. I will know Him where I am. I will know Him in what I do. I will know Him in this belligerent boss. I will know Him in this bad circumstance. I will know Him in wherever I am. The joy of my life is to know Him. Whether I'm in chains, in prison, or I'm in the biggest cathedral in the nation I know him there for me to live is Christ 
you will know him. It's a supernatural work. You might say, okay, but this guy's abusive and profane. How can I possibly respect him? God's not saying respect his behavior. God's saying respect the position I placed him in. And here's the thing. Why? Because Jesus has allowed him to be there. And he's put you there. And it is your heart to be respectful of what God has put before you. To honor it as unto Christ himself. Now, I say it's your job, but what I meant by that is that your life is to express that. There's only one way it can, if you yield it to him. If you understand that you are a spiritual being. That all of life is expressed through you. The truth of life is expressed through you spiritually. It says, honor and respect him because there's a benefit in it for you. And it's Jesus. You say, no, wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me that, that God actually allowed or placed me in this place, this godless environment where I have to listen to this godless man scream profanities at me all day long, demean and demoralize me, but I'm here for a paycheck. You're telling me that somehow God had something to do with that? No, no. God would never take anyone who is precious to Him and place them in the middle of a situation where they would be abused and listen to profanities and be rejected. He would never do that, would He? Jesus yes for the sake of obedience and the greater revelation of who he is for your good Romans 8.28 you are where you are you are where you are who prepared you for this work how do you live that life through him you might say I'm only here for a paycheck well it's never been about money for you Christian It's never been about the boss and it's never been about the job. It's always about walking in truth. Who is your provision? And when you make statements of unbelief, like I work for a tyrant or he's making me miserable, you're living a lie. You're probably looking to others to meet needs only God can meet. That's where we come up with that. And if you truly believe that Christ is meeting all your needs, then why do you allow yourself to feel threatened or insignificant? There's a question. Who is your life? Look at the end of the verse. As service to Christ himself. This is not you doing for Christ, because apart from him, what can you do? Nothing. This is not just a perspective to motivate you to be a better employee or worker, which I've heard it taught that way. It's the truth of your life. It's the truth of your existence. We want to see our unhappiness as man's doing so we can excuse our attitude or partial obedience or justify our judgments. I'm miserable because of that guy. You can't say that, Christian. You don't have the right to say that. No one has the right to make you miserable because your life is not in anyone but Christ. When you allow yourself to go down that road, you begin to discount the truth of your life. And I'm telling you that to look at your service or work as anything less than your participation in his life means you're missing the purpose of where you're at. Where you're at is for you to participate in his life. Every heartbeat is for you to participate in his life. He has purpose in it. Ephesians 6.6 
not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you only to please men but as servants slaves of Christ doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul now is Paul addressing the quantity and quality of your work no he goes straight to the heart behind it we can produce quality and quantity and resent every minute of it we can Man will work hard just for the opportunity to play the martyr and justify disrespect and slander. I know I've done it. And by the way, I'm going to address this head on because it is a problem in congregations. Let me just say this and I know that I'm saying it with love, okay? If you can't serve others without playing the martyr, don't serve. If you can't serve others without playing the martyr, don't serve. Because the enemy sneaks in and of course immediately we're dealing with the issue of comparison. We're dealing with the issue of judgment. And we're saying, well, you know, sister so-and-so, I'm always having to wait on her at the prayer chapel. She comes in late. She doesn't pray her whole hour. But I'm there. Well, who are you there for? Is that Jesus? Listen, if we can't as Christians embrace the truth that everything we do is our life and His life participating in obedience, then we'll be constantly looking at what one person does against what another person does. Oh, I work harder than they do. Praise God! Praise God! Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.